Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So what's it like for a kid growing up in Baltimore who gets to cover his hometown Orioles? And how are the Rays viewed from around the rest of the American League East and baseball, for that matter? Tonight, we reintroduce you to Eduardo Encina, longtime Orioles beat writer, now back with us who covers the Bucks with me for the Tampa Bay Times, and we'll be doing a lot of Major League Baseball and Enterprise reporting for all of us this summer. My buddy cop, as I call him, Eduardo Encina, in just a minute. But first, hey, are you guys tired of paying these out-of-control electric bills? I know I am. My last electric bill was $300 plus. That's just insane. So if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. That's a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available and does not use high voltage like some of the other solar companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. And May Electric Solar has a full showroom to show you their products, and they're open on weekdays, and they've been around for about 12 years. They've earned a great reputation among customers and peers. Now, there's many other solar companies imitating them and trying to use their great name, but remember, uh, they do not subcontract. They use all their own, con- all their own employees, and uh, you get the best service all the time. So everyone knows that it has to be May all the way. Stop the insanity of out-of-control electric bills Start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing the solar energy through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Eduardo Encina joins us now. And uh, I missed you, big guy. Like I don't know if you guys caught us <laughs> during Covering the Bucks, but this is the other half of the Buddy Cop show, which was started on Facebook by Eduardo when he joined the beat. And uh, it's been weird without you, man. You're up there in Baltimore. Of course, uh, you, you've moved, you're moving your family, your life, everything back down here. You worked at the Times prior to going back to the Baltimore Sun. Um, so what's it like now? Where, where are you in the move? Are you kind of in between, almost ready to come here full time? Where are we at? Well, yeah. Uh, well, well, first off, it, it's, it's good to uh, report for duty, uh, Officer Encina <laughs> here. For, uh, exactly. <laughs> for my uh, my 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 podcast duties here I'm, I'm really excited about this but um yeah i mean i feel like i probably had like the longest move in in uh in in journalism history but uh because you know obviously i, I came down there in, in october uh right in the middle of the season after finishing out what was a pretty long baseball season and uh basically left all my stuff up in maryland uh including my wife for two months and uh she came down when, when she finished her contract uh, and she works at a TV TV station in Baltimore. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm basically, you know, I, uh, I'm, I've been sleeping the past two nights on a, in a sleeping bag in an empty apartment. Uh, the movers came yesterday and uh, took all of my belongings. And that's somewhere, somewhere in I-95 probably about right now. And uh, uh, we'll eventually get to, uh, to Tampa. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'll be back, uh, Thursday or 
yeah, Thursday night, and uh, be uh, be right. We're in to go because I know there's uh, we, we got a lot of stuff to do, and uh, you know, I think there's a Super Bowl. There's a game probably on Saturday, on Sunday, right? And I think so. uh, there's uh, there's some spring training coming around the corner. We we're always busy, Rick. We 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 always talk about how it's uh, it's, there's never a never a dull moment uh, when we're doing what we're doing, but. Yeah. Well, hard for you. I mean, especially as a baseball writer, because mm-hmm. you know people that don't. I mean, that that is a grind of a of a beat, as 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 people should sure. imagine, with 162 games. And typically, you would have been off um, sometime in December. Instead, you jumped right into it, like you said, in October, and then and then covered the Bucks straight through, and haven't really had the rest that say Mark Tompkin would have. Let me let me back up a little bit because in, in just sort of um, you know I mentioned that you had worked here obviously before. Yeah. And then got an opportunity to go back home uh, to Baltimore and work for the Baltimore Sun, covering a team that you grew up in, uh, rooting for, um, right? In in the Baltimore Orioles. So let's start there. Sort of what is what has been your relationship uh, to the city? You went to the University of Maryland. I mean, right. this is home. You you had you know you, you had an opportunity to go home and and you sort of lived that dream, right? Yeah, I mean, Rick, you you know me a certain way. You know my uh, my tough, rugged exterior that I show it. At one buck place, but uh, really, I'm kind yeah, of yeah. You mean sap. you mean mug? Let's just be honest. You mean mug when you need to. A little little right, quick uh, story here about mean mugging. Like sometimes, uh, <laughs> you know, when we board Southwest, Ed, Eddie might have he might have a better um, you know group than me. Like you might be like in the A, and I'll be like a C. Yeah. So, so Ed will put on his hoodie and sort of mean mug. He's got the best mean mug on the plane and like nobody wants to sit next to him. So it's like the greatest way to get a seat on a on a on a Southwest plane. But yeah, you do have kind of this tough guy Maryland exterior. <laughs> well, the thing the thing is is like, you know, like I said, I think one one big thing about this moving so long is I've gone through the whole emotion of, of it before and I was actually talking to my little brother who um, you know, this year I've actually got to see a lot of more of him because he actually works at the stadium uh, at, at Camden Yards, so he would kind of bug me during uh, during the fifth inning and, and, and with, during his, his lunch break and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, it, it's funny because I feel that, you know, growing up in Baltimore and, and knowing how much, you know, in Baltimore, it's, it's such a blue-collar town, and, you know, they love their sports. And, you know, it's not to say they don't, you know, other cities don't love their sports, but, you know, the Orioles and the and the Ravens are really kind of you know they're 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 another level in terms of the followership and the fandom. You know, I remember mm-hmm. when I first got uh, you know got hired at the Sun that you know how much my Twitter followers spiked. You know, I I think it it was just you know thousands and thousands and thousands like overnight. But you know, growing up in Maryland, I I grew up in you know right outside of uh, of Baltimore and in, in Howard County, and uh, you know I, I grew up going to the old Memorial Stadium before Camden Yards where. It right. was a little bit less less pricey, and you, know, you could get a hot dog and, and sit in the in the gold bleachers in the outfield for you know a, a few bucks. But um, and I used to you know get there all the time early and you know chase the you know batting practice balls. And I remember when I was a kid, you know you know there's this rookie for the Mariners named Ken Griffey Jr. who threw me a ball during batting practice. And after that, I was like wow. the guys the guys favored. You know, I was his biggest fan, and you know I was able to see him hit hit the warehouse at, at Camden Yards and the home run derby a few years later and um but yeah i mean in in, in baltimore baseball means so much even you know, they had some pretty dark years you know 14 straight losing seasons and uh you know but still like it really mattered but um for me you know i, I was always a baseball guy i grew up playing i grew up 
loving the sport. And um, it, it, it was for me, I had a uh, I had a really good opportunity when I was in college where I, I was an intern at the Sun and I got to shadow a lot of really good writers. And I, I watched you know Kenny Rosenthal when he was a columnist at the Sun. And I was there one day when basically he went up to Cal and told him that he was going to write a column about how he should sit, you know. And that's kind of one thing that kind of taught me. Uh, and this is in the middle of the streak, obviously. And uh, one thing that kind of taught me wow. kind of th- this thing about, uh, you know, accountability and stuff like that. We always talk about it, Rick, about how, you know, if you're going to write something that's 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 going to, you know, make people bristle in the building, you know, the next day you want to be there, you know, and, and you want to be there when, uh, you know, you want to be able to go to a guy and, and tell him, like, yeah, you know, I, if you're a columnist, yeah, I'm, I'm going to write this or I'm, I'm going to mm. go, you know, this is direction. You know, what do you, what do you got to say about it? So I, I really took some really good lessons there as a, a kid, basically. And I was you know, 20, 21 years old. And I realized, you know, just recently, just talking through my whole move and everything that, you know, from those points on, you know, when I was just this, this, this college kid, really wide eyed, that everything I did, you know, it was always to get back to Baltimore and it was always to get back to the opportunity to maybe cover the Orioles one day. So um, and then, you know, I took a lot of different stops. You know, I, I had, a, I started a small paper in, in, in central Pennsylvania, New York, York, Pennsylvania, the home of Bruce Arians. Um, home of Bruce Arians. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. I worked there for five years and, uh, you know, people told me that and they're like, yeah, you're probably still going to have to go to a bigger paper before you get to the sun. So, um, mm. you know, uh, so an editor took a chance on me, um, who actually passed away a few days ago, Duke Moss. Uh-huh. Uh, and he took a chance on me and he, he saw, uh, you know, he really had a plan for me. I, I came in there to initially cover high schools and, um, but, but I know that he had a plan for me to d- do bigger stuff. And I got the opportunity to cover the Rays there and, uh, briefly. And then I, I turned over to the times, uh, shortly after that and worked there for a few years. And then obviously got the opportunity to, to go to Baltimore. And I, that just kind of, you know, it was just perfect timing, perfect place. Um, you know, they were coming off of that, that stretch of 14 straight losing seasons. And I jumped in and all of a sudden they were good. Um, and they went to the postseason in, in 2012 and it was just so electric that year. You know, they won all these one run games. They, uh, you know, they, they won the wild card game and, uh, you know, it was, it was really riding high. And that, that actually was the beginning of like three postseason trips in six years. So I got a really good ride there. Uh, you know, over seven, seven years span. And I always thought that I was, um, had the best seat in the house because, you know, the Camden Yards, that press box, it's outdoors. It can get hot, you know, in the, on the steamy, uh, you've oh, been yeah, there, right? I mean, yeah. open that, air, the, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That open air press box. And, um, but I always thought that, you know, right where I was behind home play was the best seat in the st- best, yeah, best it's seat in the gorgeous. stadium. And, uh, you know, there's, there's very few places that, that can c- compare to Camden Yards. So, um, especially for a kid who, you know, just that was that was my dream, man. That was uh, that was just everything I wanted. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting now that I think about it, because that was that was uh, even when I told my, one of my editors at The Sun about the opportunity to come back to The Times, I told him, you know, I was like, you know, this this job was like chasing the North Star for me. So um, and, uh, you know, now it's, it's kind of a different different thing, because now I've done that you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, now it's kind of on to a, you know, different challenge and, uh, something that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, but, uh, those years in Baltimore, it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of explain it to people what Baltimore does to you, especially when you're from there. I mean, it's, it's, it just kind of sinks in your blood. It's like, kind of like that, 
um, you know, we were a grease cook at a restaurant and like you, you come, <laughs> you come back and after a day's work and like, you, you feel it in you, but in a good way. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, there, there's something about Baltimore and, and, you know, I'll always cherish everything about, about, you know, doing what I was able to do and the opportunity I was given. And, uh, man, like, I mean, even, even just thinking about it now, it kind of gives me chills because, you know, it was, uh, like, I remember, you know, on the Cayman Yard scoreboard, it's kind of most iconic. There's the sun, the sun masthead is up on the scoreboard. It used to be a thing where they used to like do the hits and errors thing with the, the V in, in, mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the scoreboard. Um, you know, I remember being a kid there and, and looking at that masthead and thinking about how much, uh, you know, how much it means and, 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 and working for that paper. And, uh, even, even to this day, every opening day, I would kind of get chills and it, it never got old. Um, you know, I, I watched some bad baseball last year, but like, the whole idea of it and just the whole notion of doing something that you know, there's a lot of people who grew up as kids and, you know, they have a dream and they have their, their dream job and they never really get to uh, even come close to fulfilling it. So, you know, in that context, I, I look at it as being really lucky and really, uh, you know, just something really cool and, and having the advantage of really being able to, uh, you know, cover some pretty meaningful games, you know, over the course yeah, of that, sure. that seven years. So Yeah. I mean, the Orioles had some great seasons, I don't think people realize that, like, when you cover baseball, um, you know, the, the sports are so different between football and baseball, first and foremost. Oh, yeah. You really are embedded with 25 yeah. players and a manager. You got really close to Buck Showalter. I mean, just mm-hmm. the inside pool here, a little so close, in fact, that when we went to <laughs> Dallas this year, um, you dumped me like like I was some, you know, cheap prom dress or something, and you just and then you went out and then you went out and had like. What a burgers with Buck. I mean, I don't know what that was all about, but uh, but but you got you get pretty close to the people you cover, right? Yeah, you. I mean, entrenched is really the best word to describe it, Rick, because it, it, it that's really what it is. You know, I mean, you know, with the exception of the maybe you don't don't fly on the same team plane, like you're around sure. these guys so much more than you are around your own family or you know your right. your friends. You know, and and really the the, the people that you cover, uh, you know, the, your colleagues who also cover the team, they really kind of by default become your friends you know it's it's like mm-hmm. uh, uh one of the lines that buck always uses is that we uh, used to use is and i always use buckisms because they're so good but um it's like you know you, they, they pick your friends for you basically and so right. uh but but i mean there was um i mean i don't know if there's i had i had the real good opportunity to really cover two managers who were really so insightful and, and you know this about about joe madden is you know sure uh you know just guys who you just learn so much about the game from and i think that's one thing you know when when you're around the game so much and you're around certain guys who are so eager to tell you about the game and explain the game mm-hmm. to you like i feel that like baseball is so unique in, in, in that context you know I, I felt like you know or, or being exposed to those kind of guys you know you're you're definitely uh, like it it, it. it helps you so much because you can write so much more authoritatively about something. You you know exactly what you're talking about because you hear it exactly from the people's mouth. So um, yeah, I mean Buck Buck is uh, he is a uh, man. He's a he's a, a real. Uh, he was really fun to cover and uh, yeah, I got I got pretty close to him because he um, and just going back to that Dallas thing, um, you know I actually kind of just texted him uh because he's a big college football fan he's a big nfl fan and that was actually mm-hmm. every week i would send him my uh my nfl picks 
which basically, as you do know, I was, you know, I think 67, <laughs> 67% against the spread. So I would tell him every, yeah. I would text him every week and I'd give him his picks. I was like, listen, if you need a hot, you know, a hot line, I, I got you. And so, um, you know, it was, was kind of like, it was kind of like writing to your dad, you know, coming from college yeah. after you get like a big, you know, an A on your paper well, or something like that. I was, I was Buck had a Buck really like good that. fall. I mean, Buck, Buck cashed <laughs> in this fall. I mean, he, he, owes you, he, owes you, he owed you more than Whataburger. Let's put it that right, way. Right, right. Right. So, you know, we were coming to Dallas and I actually texted him uh, from the, I think when we, when we got on the flight and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm getting off my flight at seven o'clock. You know, you want to meet up at Whataburger. And he was like, do you really need a ride? And I'm like, nah, you know, so, and then, so we, we, we kind of played tag back and forth and, you know, he was like, well, after the game, just kind of come over to our house. And, you know, then I ditched you and then, <laughs> um, and then uh, I went over to his house, which is this gorgeous place in northwest Dallas, which is like, uh, you know, it's the same area, Highland Park, which is where, like, Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford, like, great, like, legacy of, like, high school athletes from that area, but just beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. And He's got uh, some famous wife, neighbors, too, I think, right? Right, right. Yeah. right. And then his, his wife, Angela, had ordered Whataburger delivered, to be delivered to the house, and nice. which I had no idea that, like, you could even get Whataburger delivered. So this was all new to me. So they kind of surprised me with that. And then he kind of, it was Christmas time, obviously. So we, we got in the truck and, you know, went around. He's, he, he was like a little kid in a candy shop, you know, driving around and, and looking at all these, these, these really elaborate uh, Christmas light displays. And he's like, yeah, this is Mark Cuban's house. Uh, you know, the, these two blocks here, the, the, these big fences this is where Jerry Jones lives. Uh, this is where A-Rod used to live when he played for the Rangers and, Everything like that. So um, it was a really cool, cool tour. And, uh, you know, I think the thing is like the, with baseball, I think, you know, when you're around people who really care about the game like you do, you know, mm-hmm. you, you really develop these lasting relationships. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, there, there's there's guys who I've covered and, and who I've worked with who, uh, you know, there's there's you're so like you said, they're so entrenched in the game and it's a daily thing. And it's from it's from. You know that that point in February nineteenth when you you have that first workout or first report day of spring training and you're there for two months almost and then the season comes and I would I would I would love it when people would tell me oh aren't you excited about the season starting and and I would be like man I've been in Sarasota for you know seven weeks working every single day you know the season's already gone yeah. and and then yeah. and then the season starts and then you know you're you're in for a six month you know ride through uh, you know through the season if your team does good obviously you get the postseason by that point you know, you're just running on adrenaline and then, uh, you know, and then you get this kind of brief period in, in, uh, in October, if your team doesn't make it to the world series and into November before free agency starts. And then, you know, the way the hot stove is now it's, you know, that winter meetings in, in the first week of December, like, boom, you're back at it again. So, and it's like football too, in that context where there's really no true, sure. you know, there's very short breaks, few, you know, few and far between, but, um, yeah, baseball, like, I mean, I, I love football and, and you know that, um, like I love, I love the uh, I love the game aspect of football. I love you know all these nuances and everything like that. But baseball, I feel that you know everyone always talks about how baseball is boring, right? And and but like there's so much just just detail to it, and like the, the, there's so much so many figures. And of course, you know every day you've got a game, you've got something to report on. And um, right, you know I, I I was lucky to you know be able to see a lot of that really close and, and, and firsthand. So, and you and you're right, you do, you do develop really good relationships with people because 
you're you're around it and you're and you're you're working in the game like you're not as as a reporter you're working in the game you know so yeah, uh, you have a close close access it, yeah. to it yeah so i want you know watching show walter from afar and i don't know him obviously mm-hmm. and clearly he would never invite me to dinner but um he he seems like he has he has an edge to him a lot of managers do yeah he's fairly placid on you know when you watch him on in the dugout i'm wondering what what he thought of joe madden and and what I mean by that is, like, you know, Joe is a forever baseball guy, too, but also right. embraced a lot of sort of the nuances, some of the new um, analytic side of it, as the, right. as you have to do if you manage the Rays. What did, what did Buck make of sort of this this whole Rays um, ball club down here and, 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 you know, what they were able to do with, let's face it, they didn't have the payroll sometimes that even Baltimore had. Yeah, yeah, and I think um... – well, first, I remember the first time I met Buck, and you know, it was during the off season before my first season in 2012, and uh, he was like, "So you're coming from Tampa, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "So uh, it was right after uh, Joe Madden had dyed his hair like the Johnny Cash look, I think." <laughs> and and he was like, "So what 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 hair color is Madden going to have this year?" You know, <laughs> and so uh, he was. It's funny because I think Buck and Buck and Joe are very much alike in the sense of just their attention to detail and like, you're not going to, you're never going to catch either one of those guys. You know what I mean? You're, you know, they're just yeah. so, so in the, into the detail. And, you know, Buck used to say about, I think there was this notion that Buck wasn't necessarily like an, a quote unquote analytics guy, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, he would always remind that, you know, and, and, and I know that, you know, guys like Joe got a lot of attention for the shifts and stuff like that, um, right. you know, that were brought in. And, you know, he would say that, you know, we, we were doing shifts when, you know, I was a manager and, and, you know, in the Florida State League in Fort Lauderdale. You know, so some of this mm. stuff is, is is cyclical that, you know, it's not necessarily you're reinventing the wheel that it kind of comes up, um, you know, it goes through phases, you know, like maybe not the maybe not the opener thing, but um but you know, but, but a lot of the stuff is, you know, it, the, if you look close enough that you'll find it, you know, in, in the history of the game. So um but yeah, I, I think that um I, I know that Buck had a really good respect for everything that the Rays were doing because of the fact they were able to do it pretty consistently over that stretch um, without the resources, at least the financial, you know, resources. Right. And it's kind of the way that the Orioles kind of had to do it a little bit. Um, now, now the Orioles did it, you know, when the Rays had to do it too, a little bit with, you know, the Longoria's, the prices, guys like that is, you know, you, you, you've got to lose games. You got to lose a lot of games to get these top five picks. Right. So, right. Um, you know, they, they had it a little bit with, you know, they allowed them to get guys like Matt Weeders and, you know, Manny Machado and, and, and guys like that who um, became superstars. And the Rays kind of did it, too. But, you know, you, you need you need to be savvy with your payroll. You need to have some player development. You have to be a little lucky, too. And, um, you know, they, I think, you know, both teams kind of built a little bit in, in that direction. I think the Rays kind of transcended it a little bit um, with the way they were, they were able to do it and just kind of the savviness that, that, that they've had as an organization. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think – and I know Buck hated the uh, – the uh the he, he the one thing and i always said that like if he ever got a managing he'd be a great compliance guy for mlb because he knew every little nuance of the stadium like he knew that you know down hmm. the raised the down the raised bullpen that there was a bathroom that those guys were <laughs> that the raised relievers were going to between innings and the orioles didn't have that you know in the vis <laughs> in the in the visiting bullpen and that like the sound of the uh, bullpen phone was different and in one dugout versus the other. And just little things like that. He, he would be a guy who, 
he would look at any dugout in the, in the major leagues and be like, you know, I can't see, you know, this dugout is horrible because of this, or this dugout is horrible because of that. You know, he hated the new Yankee stadium because it wasn't the old Yankee stadium. Um, and, you know, he, he would just, he had so much attention to detail with every little single thing, almost sometimes to a point of, it was kind of a, a little bit to a fault. One of his best lines was always that I'm not paranoid. I'm alert. And, right, uh, right. that was one of, one of his, his big things. And, um, but he would also know how to have, have a little bit of fun. I mean, uh, you know, we, we would, we would kind of have fun with him every once in a while too. He would, uh, he, he hated kind of the attention on himself. You know, he, that first year when they got good, um, you know, he, he had this kind of, he said something at the end of a press conference. He said something like buckle up. And that became like kind of the rallying theme through the 2012 season. He got almost embarrassed by it that like they were taking this, this line that he had dead and made it a slogan. Um, sure. you know, he had a, a, uh, a garden gnome that was designed his own garden gnome. And, uh, he, he just hated it. Like he was just like, he was just, you know, it was like nonsense to him. And when, when, when they gave him away, I made sure I had one in the press conference. And when he came in after game and obviously you had to make sure it was a game they won because if it was a game they lost, he would be in a bad mood, but you know, they won the game and I slid the, the gnome right on the desk when he was doing his post game. And he's like, nice. really? And, uh, you know, he knew <laughs> I put it there. And he's like, so w- what do you think of this, Ed? Like, what do you think of the no? And I'm like, I'm like, I like it. <laughs> and this is all on like the this is all in like the post game press conference live, you know. And yeah. um, like, I was like, I like it. It's like, you know, if you would only see how many people were lining up outside the gates to get this thing, you know. I mean, sure. And he's like, all right, let's 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 be done with this, you know. But um, I don't I don't know good... if they ever did a a Joe gnome. I you know what what I, the other part that I'm curious about is like so you yeah. you know you of course covered the Rays and 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 won awards for stories on Elijah mm-hmm. Dukes and others when they were sort of their formula of years. But then when you go to Camden Yards, one of the great ballparks I think in uh, in baseball, um, and that fan base which you know turns out pretty regularly, uh, rain shine and it can get pretty hot right. and, and all of that. Um, can you appreciate what the Rays and their players must be missing because of, of sort of the, the lack of atmosphere at the Trop and just how different it is um, to play in another major league city? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's um, I mean, and, and there's two ways to look at it. Like our way of looking at it as writers is that we would always talk about how the Trop was a great environment to write in, you know, because you would never be like. You know the, the the you know the, the the design of the press box is right in the back. You know you have plenty of space sure. to work in. You know you can hear your yourself transcribe your quotes at the end of the night. You know <laughs> it doesn't get too loud. You know so I mean it, for the right. working environment it's great. But yeah, I mean it, it's um, you know it, it, and you've got to think of it in the context of being in the American League East. You know I mean like it's not oh, just yeah. Camden Yards. It's Yankee Stadium. It's Fenway Park. You know and, you know it, when yeah. the Jays are good they fill out a, a huge dome there. You know. Um, so it's not just, you know, the, the, those guys have a life, you know, have a, a reality that exists inside the, tri- the confines of, you know, whatever, however many fans are coming to the trop every night. And then there's another reality of, of, you know, nine games against those other division opponents and then, you know, everywhere else they go. But, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, I think it, there is, there does have to be kind of an appreciation for it. Um, and you know, the Rays have done so many things over the years to kind of like, I don't know, you, you kind of shine it up, I guess, a lack of a better term, but, mm. um, you know, I mean, there's, there's been years when they've, you know, had these, they were, I, I, don't, I don't know if you you remember these where they had the big gongs that they would hit out in the outfield and stuff like that. And all the, the horns and the blares and stuff like that to make it louder, to make it more of a 
concerty slash carnival kind of feel to the trop and you know, it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. gone through some of its matriculations over the course of what you've tried to reinvent this big you know concrete dome that really has no personality to it you know and and and, and really what they were you know what they inherited you know i mean that that that, that facility was outdated by before they even you know stepped foot in it you know that first year so um you know it's 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 got its nuances it you know the catwalk hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Box and everything like that, which I don't think any visiting team or manager or anything like that will ever buy into, you know, the notion that, you know, hitting the B ring versus the C ring versus the D ring and all the, all the ground rules of that. It means that, you know, really essentially creates almost a ping pong ball atmosphere in a baseball stadium, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean like, you know, there's, to me, there's nothing like Camden Yards. There's nothing like the feeling of, of a really good baseball venue. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Camden Yards aside, you know, there's such great, great, stadiums out there you know like you have the historic ones like fenway and wrigley but you've got great ballparks like you know uh you know at&t park in in san francisco is one of my favorites you know uh yep. right there on, on the bay you know in seattle i think that's got a great west coast like no pacific northwest vibe to it and uh i think i don't think it's called safeco field anymore but you know the former safeco field and you know even like petco park in san diego it's so socal you love dodger stadium you know there's so many great venues target field in minneapolis is one of the better new ones and and then you know and, and you know you you've and then you've got oakland in the trop you know so uh you know i think you know if you when, when you put on a raised uniform you obviously have to have to know that and you have to kind of you know accept it but you know you, you also kind of the, the rest of what you know atmosphere is is also thrown kind of in your face uh everywhere else you go were people in baseball, and you're going to be uh, obviously involved in some of the race spring training mm-hmm. and things, and, and you're still, I mean, first of all, describe your job. You are not uh, a baseball beat writer here. Mark Tompkin is still covering the race, right. but you certainly have a baseball background. You'll be, you'll be doing right. a lot of rays, and then just also um, other, other baseball around this area, especially in spring training. I mean, we've got every team that's not in Arizona, right. so uh, I would expect you'll make, you'll make a lot of stops uh, in the Grapefruit League, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I think that, that I'm going to be trying to kind of focus on, and, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to be in Portrayal as much as I can, but, you know, you, you've got so many really great, you know, great access points, really, you know, within the yeah. Tampa Bay region during spring training. And, um, you know, you've got great stories this year. You know, you've got these, you know, two rookie managers with raised ties, that you know, one in Rocco Baldelli and in, in, in Fort Myers with the Twins, and then Charlie Montoyo with a really good young, you know, young nucleus in, in in Toronto, up in Dunedin, so you've got some really good storylines here. I mean, you know, obviously the Yankees are always going to be interesting. The Phillies are always going to be interesting. Um, you know, uh, you know, the, you know, Tigers, everything like that. There's there's so many really good access points here, and you know, I'm really excited about writing some of these stories about, um, you know, and seeing what's going on in the game. You know, I mean, like it's it's been it's really been a while now where uh, 
you know, this free agency market, it's, it's kind of one that, that is kind of tough to navigate. And I know that, you know, players are pretty upset about it. I know, you know, a guy I covered, Manny Machado, for a long time was, we've been talking about him getting $300 million for probably about three, four years now. And, and uh, he's, he's, he's going to have a hard time getting it, you know, and, and where the game, where the game stands and um, with that and what, what's, what's, what's it mean looking ahead. So I think, you know, baseball is in a, in a really interesting point right now. Um, because there's some excitement, but there's also some real issues in terms of where the, where the game is heading. And like I said, there's no better place to kind of attack some of those things, uh, you know, especially in in in, in uh, you know, February and March than you know, Florida and and, and Arizona. So, um, like I said, I'm really excited about that. And you know, obviously, working with Mark is again is going to be really cool because I've I've had the unique perspective working against Mark and with Mark, and it's much easier to work with Mark um, <laughs> than against him. And, uh, you know, that, that'll, that'll be cool today. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from him over the years and, you know, we've, we've always exchanged ideas and, 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 and just, you know, the, the, the plus and minuses and the, the, the kind of highs and highs and lows of the, of the baseball beat itself. But, um, like I'm really looking forward to kind of, you know, writing a lot of interesting stories. And like I said, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is a real, like it's, it's basically the launching point, you know, in, in, in a lot of, for a lot of, uh, a lot of camps and a lot of, uh, Cool things that we can uh, we can kind of attack. Where do you think that Bryce Harper and Manny Machado will will eventually wind up? Oh, uh, you know what? Um, I think one of them ends up in Philly, <laughs> and I think yeah. I don't know which one. And I think yeah. one will have to do with the other. But um, you know, Manny, I've, I've gone. I've, I always have thought, even before all this, that. He would always end up in New York just because I know he likes he likes the big lights. He likes the spotlight. He likes yeah. uh, he kind of likes the whole evil empire thing. He likes kind of being a little bit of a of a of a heel. Um, mm-hmm. He hates Boston. So I always thought I, I, I always thought to myself that until he doesn't end up there, he would yeah. end up there. But obviously, a lot of things, a few things probably have to happen there for that to happen. But, you know, there's he has a connection to Philly with all those guys. A lot of guys there are former Orioles guys. This is his former third base coach who was a minor league. Uh, one of his minor league instructors was hired there. And then there's Chicago, you know, um, which high they, they they just signed his father, his uh, brother-in-law, who's his best friend, and John Jay, who uh, was one of his buddies growing up in Miami. So uh, I don't really put too much into the San Diego thing, to be quite honest. I just don't see that happening. So, um but like I said, I, I always go. It always kind of comes back to the Yankees for me because they always seem to every offseason kind of land something, you know, and, and kind of sneak out out of nowhere to kind of get something. And uh, like I said, this is not it's not a nominal investment by any means. But um, like I said, I, I've always kind of thought that until he's not there, you should always think that he could be there. A Harper, like, you know, I think it's Philly or, or maybe maybe going back to the Nats. But I mean, I, I don't understand why, you know. Um, like these guys are kind of for so many years, we've talked about them both in the same vein. And, uh, you know, I, I think right now it's just kind of waiting for which domino falls first and, 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 and where it goes from there. But, um, I don't think either one of these guys has to be happy about where the situation lies, because like I said, for years we've been talking about this, but I mean, Scott Boris, he all, he kind of always gets his man some, somewhere, somehow he always kind of puts a little, he's always the kind of the wizard of Oz behind the cloak, the curtain there, but um, I think this one's going to be hard to get what they thought he would get. Um, and then Dan Lozano, who's, who's Manny's agent, uh, he's he's kind of been thinking the same thing for all these years. So um, I'm really interested to see how it how it kind of navigates itself. Um, 
you know, it will, uh, I mean, no matter what, those teams are getting good players, right? But, you know, I think that the games become one where, you know, the investment in these long-term deals is, is really one that the teams are really uneasy on, uh, on doing as they, you know, kind of, uh, focus more on one developing their own players and two keeping the players that they do develop, you know, um, you know, and the Razor team that kind of is in the middle of that. I was actually looking at the payroll, you know, I think yesterday. It's like the one of the the main signings that, that they made was Charlie Morton, and yeah, I think he, I think his payroll is like thirty five percent of their payroll, you know, and that's a fifteen million dollar <laughs> thing. But like, you know, that that the idea of that is one that, like, that's a, almost absurd thinking, you know, that like thirty six percent of a of, of a payroll invested in one guy. Now the the Rays are in a situation where obviously they don't have that many guys who are you know even arbitration eligible. I think there's like five or six guys who are even arbitration eligible. Everyone else is basically making either league minimum or slightly above league minimum. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean I think I think you're going to probably start seeing a little bit more of of what kind of the Rays are doing. And you got to have a good farm system and you got to be a little savvy. Like I said, the opener thing is is one that has allowed them to kind of uh, you know kind of. I don't even know how to say it. Kind of pick their spots with uh, with certain players and um, and still be successful. So um, it'll be interesting to see because, like I said, I mean the, the team the, the it's pretty clear that the teams are, are doing it a little bit differently than just opening up a blank checkbook and saying what do you want. Exactly, and you're a little familiar with this Rays team, of course, having covered them. They won 90 mm-hmm. games last year, Eduardo. I didn't see it coming. I thought they'd lose 100. Of course, the team they started with was vastly different than the one they finished with. It's a tough division. I mean, you look at ball, you look at uh, Boston and, and the Yankees still have a young, tremendous core, both winning over 100 games. But this this Rays team is intriguing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's one that, yeah. that that there's almost the expectation now that they could repeat that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's amazing when, um, and I think the you know the Rays Twitter account did a great like troll of the the whole the whole narrative of. of you know, what everyone thought of the Rays in April and May and when they started trading guys away and even, you know, going back to Longoria trade um, of, of, you know, that they were tanking, you know, that this was, you know, that this was the, uh, you know, it was them. The, I think the A's were in the same breath as that too. And, you know, both teams that actually competed for the postseason, you know, down at the, you know, down the end. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, it goes to show that, you know, it, it isn't all what it seems maybe in April and May. Of, of what a team actually becomes. And that's the, the, the kind of the beauty of the baseball season is what you are then doesn't have anything to do with what you are in, 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 in August and September. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the big thing is like, they've just been really clever with, with the way they've done stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and the, what they're looking at is, is a, is a really, you know, friendly payroll situation, you know, and, and you know, they're not going to go out there and, you know, spend tons of money, but, you know, to be able to, to maybe even dabble in some of the things that they did dabble in, in the off season in terms of, you know, going out there and, uh, you know, acquiring or even thinking about acquiring, you know, the, maybe possibly Nelson Cruz, who obviously went to the Twins and, you know, going out there and getting maybe maybe a little bit overpaying for a guy like Charlie Morton to fill a, a rotation spot um, and, and give you a, a another, uh, you know, an, another good arm, good dependable veteran arm. Um, but, you know, it, it's always going to come down to, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, there's so many things that make a team good. And, you know, one thing that this team does have is that roster flexibility. You know, 
there's a lot of guys who you can kind of move up and down between the minors and the majors, and you've got a lot of guys. There's, just, there's so many puzzle pieces to it. It's really interesting. And, uh, you know, some, that's something that some of these other teams, you know, who maybe have more established payrolls, guys who, you know, are kind of stuck on a roster, um, you know, they might, might not have. So, um, you know, in, in Baltimore, you know, Chris Davis is this huge $161 million log jam in the, in the middle of their lineup. They can't do anything with him. And he was, had you know, statistically the worst season in, in baseball history last year. You can't do anything with them, and it all comes down to them. So when you, have a, when you get stuck in a contract like that, it can just whittle you down so much. Boston had, has had that happen to him many times, and they've almost gotten bailouts. You know, the Carl Crawford deals, you know, the, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Hanley Ramirez, you know, stuff like that that, you know, they, they've, they always kind of figure out a way to get out of it, but they got themselves in it. You know, the Yankees, it's the same thing with them, you know, Jacoby Ellsbury deals and, and stuff like that. But, you know, so a deal like that would have killed the Rays. You know, but but they're they're smart enough to kind of know that that that's not their cup of tea. I think that you know I think even now they have the lowest lowest payroll in baseball, at least in terms of you know projected and you know stuff that that's that's uh, you know what 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 they what's the the projected payroll will be. But um, yeah, so I mean they've got to be doing something right, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Let me get your thoughts about football because you you've just gone yeah. through what amounts to about half a season in the NFL with the Bucks. They make a coaching change, so you got to experience everything, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the eight or so games that we were uh, on the Buddy Cop Road Show. Um, right. What What do you make of? Let me Let me ask this: What do you make of the the hiring of Bruce Arians? We've spent a little bit of time with him. Uh, we're just mm-hmm. still getting to know him. Do you, from what you read and in, in the research and the and reporting you've done on him so far? Um, I wrote a story, you know, paralleling. I mean, they're you know, Joe Madden and him are from sort of the same neck yeah. of the woods, if you will, a little bit. Do yeah. you see a little similarities between the two men? Yeah, they're definitely cut from the same cloth. I think you know, it's um, mm. you know, Joe is from Hazelton, and you know, you're talking, you know, mine country up there in sure. in, uh, in, in in central Pennsylvania, and, and you know, Bruce is from you know York, which is you know just these Rust Belt towns, and um, you know, to a certain degree, to get out of towns like that, and I might be stereotyping a little bit, but like to be successful, especially in sports, like you've got to have a little like little something to you. And both of these guys have that, you know. And and you know, it's it's the personality, it's the the buy-in, it's it's stuff like that. And I don't, I think that that's the, I think maybe the buy-in is, is kind of the thing that those two guys both have. It's like I remember in 2006, the one year I covered the Rays for. Uh, for the Tampa Tribune. And I remember Joe Madden saying this stuff about how they were, you know, this was a process and, you know, they, they were going to figure it out and everything like that. And I, I remember thinking to myself, this guy is insane. You know, like, there's, there's no way that they're, they're fixing this, right? And obviously two years later, you know, they were in the World Series. But, you know, there, there's a method to the madness. And, you know, the one thing that I've heard from talking to players who've played under Arians is it, it, it's a, the resounding theme is, that and, and this is you know Patrick Peterson at the Pro Bowl. This is um, you know guys like that who who you know they said he is going to put you in the best situation to succeed, and you're going to buy into him. And and th- and those are those are both things that that both of those guys have, have kind of done. And you know I'm excited to see what what happens. You know it's interesting. Uh, I saw your blog uh, you know earlier today about you know Carson Palmer going out on the you know. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big limb saying that, you know, he thinks that they're going to win right away, right. That they're going to win right away. And they're going to be a nine, 10 win team next year. 
you know, and, um, you know, and, and that's well, he, part of he it. He did it's, it in it's, Arizona. It's I mean, right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what, that's what Patrick Peterson said the other day when, when we were talking to him at the Pro Bowl was like, you know, how can you not believe in this guy? He did in Arizona. He was like, we should have been in the playoffs three years in a row. They didn't make it that right. first year, but they were a 10 year team, 10 win team. You know, the next year they, they, they make the wild card game. And then the next year they, they trend, continue to trend upward and, and go to the NFC championship game. I think they were what 13 and three that year. And so, you know, yep. the track record speaks for itself. And when you combine that with, you know, what the people who were in those huddles say about him, there's, there's definitely this, this kind of Madden-esque, uh, you know, just karma, I guess, almost that, that, that it seems that, that, that Arians has that, you know, you're, when, when you, when you're a part of the, uh, the formula and kind of, you know, the spell that, that maybe he has that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're all in, you're going to jump through a wall for this guy. Well, and you're going to be writing um, in the future, not too distant future, I don't think. I don't have a run date for you, but you're going to be writing about his commitment to his coaches, and he's got, mm-hmm. I think, about 75% or 80% of the guys on the staff are guys that have worked with him recently, um, if not all of them before. And he's added some new guys, you know, that were players right. like Randall L and people like that. Um, but all three uh, coordinators are, are minority coaches, First and foremost, they're good coaches, but they're you know it, I think it's it it shows he he truly has a commitment to developing um, you know developing guys that and, and he feels like it's almost his duty to make them make them head coaches one day if that's if that's what their aim is. Yeah, I remember uh, I think it was kind of the question that I got in in his introductory practice conference, which was you know how how he kind of views that, and I mean to him as much as the X's and O's and wins and losses that that's a part of the job, you know, that it's a part of the job to develop, you know, the next wave of, of, of good coaches. And, you know, along with that is, is, you know, you can see that his commitment to, you know, the diversity within that too. And, and, um, you know, it's funny, you know, I think, you know, Harold Goodman, you know, he, he, he was, his, his was a name that kind of come up in terms of, you know, a head coaching job. And, um, you know, the knock on him was that he didn't play, he didn't call plays. Right because Arians had called plays, but uh, I think when that came up, Arians get, he gave him the headset during the post, the preseason one year. And and he's talked about how Byron Lethwich is, is a, you know, a superstar in, 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 um, in, in rising in the coaching ranks. So you can tell that he's thinking about this, you know, he talks about, um, but I, he talks about, you know, just thinking about it. And uh, I think that, you know, this stuff is a really interesting one, I think, because you do have some really proven, you know, veteran coaches, um, you know, like Todd Bowles and 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 uh, and guys like that. You have guys who he knows from, uh, you know, from playing from coaching at Temple in the in the mid '80s. And then you've got yeah. a, some you've got some interesting young names there with, you know, Blathwich and and Randall L. Like, kind of like my, my my years of you know following. <laughs> like these are guys right. I, I remember uh, I remember watching as players a few years ago. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think you know when you look at putting together a staff and it's a big one. Um, that's that's kind of what you look at. I'm I'm really intrigued by it. You know, I mean, I I kind of came in inheriting the old staff and I really didn't, couldn't really look at it from that kind of scope. But when you look at it from this scope, I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, you know, I think that one thing, the one thing that always sticks out in my mind is that idea. And and Rick, you would, you would probably speak this more in terms of like, whether this is, this is like really that different, but like that notion of like the two practice, two field practices, you know, where, you know, you don't want to get, you don't want to miss out on a diamond in the rough here. And you know, you're going to have, yeah. you know, the guys getting ready and, but you're also going to have, you know, the, the guys who might not get as many snaps and they're going to, uh, 
you know, they're going to get snaps to show that, that they can kind of, you know, get their, their foot in the door. And I think that shows too, just about the dedication, the kind of, they don't want to miss, you know, you, you don't want to sit back and say, you know, do we really know what this guy was? You know, that you want to know, yeah, we, we knew what he was and we found this guy out of it or, or, you know, maybe this guy wasn't, wasn't what we thought he was, but you know, just that you can, yeah. you can leave the building every day thinking that, uh, you know, that, that, that you got the most out of what you had. It really makes sense. Um, you know, to rather than a, a young player getting six reps in the whole day, yeah, um, being able to break them up, but you can only do it in OTAs. Like once practice starts, obviously it's too many, right? Too many right. routes. It's too hot. Too many. You know, you, you would wear guys out trying to practice them. You know, all twenty-two um, at one. You know, having to go the whole practice. But, um, but yeah, I like that. He's he's got a little innovative edge to him. Uh, I think he was the first coach to hire a female assistant in Arizona. Right. Um, so, you know, he's not, he's not scared as we say, he, he definitely, right. uh, has some great ideas. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So we'll, we'll, uh, kind of wrap it up on this. So now mm-hmm. you're just making your first tour. You talked about all, all the places you've been in baseball. What's the, what's some of the places you're looking forward to going to in, in, uh, covering the NFL? Well, um, well, first of all, I thought like, like sneaky, uh, sneaky cool was Dallas. I thought, you know, I think that that stadium is just basically, you know, when you, they talk about the, the Jerry's world and the, you know, whatever wonder of the world that it is, like you walk in there and you're like, wow, it's impressive. Huge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I mean, I, I'd only seen it from the outside from, you know, coming into Arlington to cover, you know, the Orioles when they're playing the Rangers. But um, so that, that was cool. I mean, obviously you know, I think, you know, the idea of, you know, the, the Bucks playing in London and, uh, you know, international. I think that's always kind of cool, and we got a pretty good schedule next year, Rick. We've got a oh, yeah. we've got a trip to trip to Seattle. We've got a trip to L.A. for the Rams, and um, we got some some pretty cool trips. Um, you know, You're leaving I, out I, the I, best one. What was the other one? Tottenham, it's, Tottenham, or uh, Wembley? Oh yeah, yeah, London, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll be uh, yeah that that'll be pretty pretty. Uh, Pretty fun. That, that's old hat for you, though, Rick. I mean, you, you, uh, yeah, I've done this it. This be twice, what your third, yeah. third, third, third tour? Third tour across the pond, yes. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's an, it's an interesting atmosphere over there. I mean, football, American yeah. football, you know, you, you think about, you think about London, but really the people that come to those games come from all over Europe. I mean, it's, it's nothing yeah. to go from Germany, uh, or France or, you know, Belgium or whatever and, and, you know, sc- scoot over to London. I mean, uh, heck, you can take the channel from Paris and be there in, in an hour and a half. So that part's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. I think uh, you know that'll be uh, that'll, that'll be another notch feather in the cap. I think because that uh, I've, I've I've never covered a game uh, outside you know the the continent. So uh, Toronto was one of my favorite cities to, to go to on the road because I, I just love that city. But um, oh, it's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. I will. Uh, they got a good I'm setup there. Forward. Yeah, oh yeah. Super yeah. Super Bowl Sunday is coming up. We've got uh, the Patriots, which I'm sure that uh, in the greater northeastern, uh, I guess you count Baltimore and that, they're probably sick of them up up that way, <laughs> um, in the AFC especially. But uh, right. the Ravens did get their Super Bowl. But uh, you got Tom Brady and, and then, of course, the, the upstart, you know, uh, young uh, L.A. Rams with, with Sean McVay. So who do you got? I don't know. I hate – I. I begrudgingly say this, but like, I just feel that, you know, I, 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 I do dislike the whole narrative that, that, that TB 12 is running up the flagpole of like, that no one really believes in, in the Patriots that, that like, you know, 
that they're uh, you know that they're still there and you know leading the rally chance and stuff like that. That you know they're by any means a quote unquote underdog, um, at least consensively consensively over over the big picture here. Um, but I I do think that you know when we think about the way football is being played now, and we talk about it a lot because you know you see it in the division a little bit. Um, you know, there's a different kind of football that's being played, and I think the Rams are, are, are playing it. And, um, you know, just like any other football game, Rick, I think that this one is going to be one that I think will come down to, you know, who who plays smarter football, who plays better, uh, you know, better executed football, who avoids the turnovers. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with when you're thinking in those contexts, you always think about the experience, right? You think about the team that's been there, that they're going to be the ones that that, that do it. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I think until the Patriots don't do it, like and I know they haven't done the past couple of years. Like, but I just I just have a, a feeling on the Patriots. I think that you know, and maybe I'm going against youth here because, um, you know, McVeigh's obviously done a great job with that team, and everyone wants to clone him and make him make him their make that clone their coach. But um, you know, I, I just you know I. If if uh, yeah, I, I I just feel I just have a you're taking the Patriots. You're yeah, taking the yeah. Patriots. Well, I mean, a lot of people are. They're favored by two and a half. We'll see. We'll see how it winds up. But uh, I I think that uh, you know if they lose this game, then then Brady and Belichick are five and four in Super Bowls. Nothing wrong yeah. by getting to nine of them. Um, but they have they have lost a few. Um, that's that old age argument about LeBron or you know guys that is harder to get there whether you win or lose. Um, but yeah, this is, I think this is going to be a great game. Their, their Super Bowls are always close. I can attest to that. I covered enough of them and they're always within four, four and a half points. And every other right. Super Bowl that doesn't include them is usually about average margin of, uh, of victories about 12 or 15. So we can expect, we can expect a close game. So Ed, thanks, uh, for joining us. Uh, if you want to reach him on Twitter, it's Eddie in the yard, right? At Eddie in the yard, Camden yard, yep. of course, reference to that. And, um, you know, hey, buddy cop, get your butt back down here, man. The precinct's not the same. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm 1030. I've been 1034 for a couple of days, but I think I'm going to uh, – <laughs> I'll be I'll be back back at the precinct in a couple of days, and, you know, we can uh, – we get, to get get back to doing doing buddy cop things as, as we always do. Absolutely. Safe travels, Ed. We'll see you. Thanks. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, catching up with Eduardo Encina. It's always great to have him on uh, the Sports Day Tampa Bay. He will not be a stranger to this podcast, I can tell you that. Uh, meanwhile, out there in the sports world, Lightning lose 4-2 to to Pittsburgh, their first game back from the All-Star break. I don't think they do the game was tonight. You don't think they did? Well, they started down 3 nothing in the first nine minutes. <laughs> okay, you're they right. they forgot to come back tonight. Actually, they didn't play. They let in some goals, but they, they hit – Everything in sight on Wednesday night. They did do that. 59 hits in the game. It's got to be a season high. Pittsburgh anyway. 35 to 22. Matt and Murray a couple of unlikely good. fights. How about how about Steven Stamkos against Evgeny Malkin? Is that what it was? Yeah, it reminds me. It's not quite the same scenario, but it reminds me a few years ago when Stamkos took on Marshawn at right. Emily Arena, and it kind of sparked the team. And, and this was in the you know third period. They're down four nothing. And him and Malkin kind of went back and forth. Yeah, and it wasn't much of a fight, but it's still the the fact your captain's standing up and doing that. So, love it. Yeah, love it. And they get some goals late and made it a little interesting there at the end. So, 
we'll see uh, we'll see how they fare as they uh, go play the Islanders on the island. And they they on look Friday. like they look like the team that had ten days off. And Pittsburgh sure. played on on Monday night. Sure. And, and that that's going to probably flip yeah. the script on on New York, right? Yeah, because the Islanders will be their first game in nine or ten days this Friday, mm-hmm. while the Lightning will be their second game now. So. You think the exactly. Lightning would have the advantage in this one? And the Islanders in first place in the Metro Division. So, yeah, and then they got the Rangers on Saturday night. So, we'll be able to uh, follow them out throughout the weekend. And then of course, uh, tomorrow we'll break down Super Bowl Fifty Three. It's the Patriots against the Rams on our Football Friday edition. Remember, if you're tired of these out of control electric pills, you want to save ninety to ninety five percent off your next pill. Call May Electric Solar at seven two seven eight one nine two eight six two. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.